In 2013, there was this, uh, there was this married couple in California, and, um, and they were walking their dog, and they were kind of like on their little property or whatever, and they were walking through their backyard, and they were coming up towards a tree, and they saw, a, um, they saw like the sun shining off of something in their yard. So they, so they go up to it, and they kind of like dig around in the dirt, and, uh, and they saw that there was a coin there. And, and so they, it looked gold, it looked old, and so they were like, huh, this is interesting. And so they started digging around the area, and they just started digging a few feet down, and they ended up finding eight aluminum cans. We have some pictures here. Eight aluminum cans, and um, in these aluminum cans, they were rusted, they were old. In these aluminum cans, they found a ton of other gold coins. They were all minted uh, or, or created from 1847 to 1894, so very old in the state of California, and... Um, and they ended up finding 1,400 gold coins. And so they took these in to, to, a, to a coin dealer, and, and they found out that these 1,400 coins were worth $11 million. Imagine that. Like, imagine walking in your backyard one day, and you find something worth $11 million. You don't have to work. I mean, basically, you don't, if, if you take care of your money, you don't have to work again for the rest of your life. You, you, can, you can go buy kind of whatever you want. And, and, like you, and they, just, they, they didn't do anything. They just found it on their property. It's an incredible thing. And I've always kind of been fascinated with, like, treasures and, 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 and especially movies with, with treasures and with, with, with like, uh, treasure maps and all that kind of stuff. Um, and, and some of my favorite movies involve, involve treasures. And one of them is, uh, or a series of them, is the Indiana Jones movies. Indiana Jones is, like, amazing. Love it, love it, love it. And, and he is an archaeologist who finds treasures. And he, he, he searches through clues, and he goes from continent to continent trying to find these 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 treasures that no one else can find. He finds the, the Ark of the Covenant, which was the, the box that, that, that God himself lived in um, and, and resided in. He finds the, the, the Holy Grail, which is the cup that Jesus drank out of right before he was crucified. He finds these in the Temple of Doom. He finds these like glowing, like big gem ruby things that like have powers. And, and, and even in this one, this is, this is before the famous scene where I think the ball starts rolling and he almost dies. Um, he finds this like golden head thing. And so he's just always searching searching for treasures. He's following clues and all that kind of stuff. And I've always been fascinated with those movies because many of you have heard of, maybe you haven't seen, I don't know, it's from the 80s. It's called The Goonies. Yeah. Okay. So like pop culture has taught you about the Goonies. And so the Goonies are, are these group of, uh, of teenage boys and girls, and they find this treasure map of this, this pirate that apparently had this treasure and, um, and, uh, and I guess died and left it, and it's just there, and they try to find it. They find this cave, and in the cave is water, and there's this ship, and there's these other, like, like these criminal, like, stupid criminal people, like, going after, and they have, like, that, what was the guy's name with the face? Sloth. Is it Sloth? Yeah, and he's like, oh, and he's like, like locked downstairs and all that kind of stuff. And, and, and so this whole story is like how the Goonies follow this, this treasure map to find this huge treasure of gold. And then um, something that I love, like one of my favorite movies recently, uh, I guess it's not super recent, but it's in the past like 10 or 12 years, is National Treasure. Who's with me on some National Treasures? Nicholas Cage. Yeah, so, so Nicholas Cage, he, he says, there, there's a treasure map on the Declaration of Independence. And, and apparently there's this treasure that has been passed down and is in America with all these amazing things from the history of the world. And so they follow this map and they're, of course, going against criminals. There's always like a criminal uh, group trying to get, uh, get, the, get the treasure. And um, they finally uh, get to a place and they can't find it. It seems like it's empty. They get left for dead in this pit, basically. And they, and they realize there's, there's some air flowing through and they find this secret 
tunnel or the secret door and they open up and then there's this awesome scene where he like lights this, this torch and it like lights up the entire room and this is what he finds and there's treasures and, 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 um, and art and scrolls and gold and jewels and Egyptian stuff and Roman and Greek and it's like incredible. I, I always love that scene when it lights up and you just see like all of this stuff from history and antiquity. And it's like, wow, this is amazing. I wish that was like my life. This is so cool. And, uh, and, and I've just always been fascinated with like finding a treasure. Jesus shared a story about this same idea, about, about a treasure, a hidden treasure that a guy found. And it's in Matthew 13, verse 44. Matthew 13, verse 44. And he's gonna give two examples that the kingdom of heaven is like. And here's what he says. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. It's like treasure hidden in a field. Now, at this time, um, it, was, it was very common for there to be treasures just kind of hidden all throughout Israel. And the reason was um, that banks weren't as common as they are today. And if any, in any case, they weren't as trust, trustable, I guess. I don't even know if that's a, they're trustworthy, trustworthy. I'm an idiot. Uh, trustworthy as they are today. And so, um, and so uh, people wouldn't really use them, especially people that weren't extremely rich. And furthermore, the government was not stable at all. Like anytime another um, government or another power could come through, wreck your government, and then all of your money would be gone if you didn't have it on you, and so what people would do was would be hide their treasure all over, and they would bury, they put it in caves, and and archaeologists have found these um, throughout the, the the centuries. But people would every once in a while happen upon someone else's buried treasure. So this was a common thing. And um, if you found something on land that you owned, it was yours. If you found something on land that you owned, it became yours. And, um, and so he, he shares this story. He says, There's a kingdom of, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. And he may have even been looking for treasure, but, but somehow this man finds the treasure and he hides it again. He hides it again. And then in his joy, everybody say in his joy. In his joy, he went and sold all he had and bought that field. And then he gives another example. He gives another example. And here's what it is. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant or a trader who is looking for fine pearls. Now, pearls at this time were more valuable to them than diamonds are to us. Like diamonds are the most like like uh, uh, valuable uh, rock or uh, uh, like substance like in the world basically, and um, and they cost a lot, and they um, are, are made to seem very rare, although they're not as rare as, as you think they are, but they're made to seem very rare so that they can cost a lot of money. And so at this time, pearls pearls were even more valuable than diamonds are today. And, and, and sometimes pearls could be worth millions and millions and millions of dollars, and it could change like your entire life if you could get one of these pearls. And so it says, this trader, this merchant was looking for fine pearls. And when he found one of great value, he went away and he sold everything he had and he bought it. Now, first of all, Jesus is saying something about the kingdom of heaven. He's saying something about the kingdom of God. He's saying something about grace and what we have in him. And here's what he's saying. The kingdom of heaven is infinitely valuable, but not always obvious. It's infinitely valuable, but not always obvious. Both of these people had to go and look for this valuable treasure. And it wasn't obvious to everybody walking by or else they would have taken it first. 
And it's very similar with humans. Like you, you all know friends, and maybe you felt this way, maybe you feel this way currently, where, where um, that you just kind of think, God, okay, like God's all right. But it, I mean, it's, 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 it's just kind of another thing in life. Like certainly I'd rather have money or certainly I'd rather have a car or certainly I'd rather be popular or whatever than, than, than be a part uh, of anything that has to do with God. And certainly in our world, people don't really value God very much. He's, he's, he's hidden in a way from people and people don't um, really look uh, at him and his kingdom with much, um, with much desire. They, they don't see it as very valuable. But, but Jesus is saying it's very valuable and it's not obvious to everybody. And that's why so many people Never find it because it takes a little bit of seeking. It takes a little bit of looking, and sometimes it can be a bit hidden. Now, I want want you to put yourself in this man's shoes from the first example. I want you to put yourself in his shoes. Uh, sometimes we have like, uh, like the model home neighborhoods where like they'll, they'll just like clear out a bunch of land and they'll build one house. You know that there's like one on San Pablo right now. They'll build one house and it's like the model home and you walk into it and they say like, you could do this, this, and this and you can build the home how you want. And so like there's all these empty lots for sale. And uh, imagine one day you're, you're walking around, maybe you're walking your dog and, and the construction workers have gone home and there's no one around, the sun's about to go down and you're just walking down kind of like the, the street that they've already built, but everything else is just dirt and there's just pipes sticking up out of the ground ready for houses to be built on. Imagine that, imagine this, you're walking down and you see something over on one of the lots. And it, and it looks like, like, like something that's buried a little bit. So you go over to it, you kind of kick at it with your shoe and, and you're like, this, this is kind of big. This is like a, I think this is a box. It's like metal or, or something like that. And so, so you bend down, you start digging it out and you realize it's like a foot by two foot box and you can barely even open it. It's all rusted out and you creak it open and inside you see jewels and, and gold and like all that, like beyond your wildest imagination. And then you start looking around and you're like, oh my gosh, this would like change my life. Like this is incredible. And, and if, you, if you kind of really think about it, if you were to just take it and you try to go sell it somewhere um, and, and it's that rare, someone's probably going to be like, well, where'd you find it? And if they found out that you found it on someone else's land, it's not going to be yours. So you start thinking, okay, I'm going I'm to hide it back and I'm going to get this land. I'm going to go talk to my parents. We're going to figure this thing out. And so you go home and you're like, hey, dad, uh, and all that kind of stuff. Well, your car, this is my car. I bought it for you. Yeah, you didn't. You know, like it gets all gruff and like grumpy all of a sudden and, uh, and all that kind of stuff. He, so, you, so he starts getting mad and he's like, what are, what are you talking about? I'm not selling my house. Uh, okay, can, can we sell the cars? We, we just need a down payment on this, on this land. We need, to, we need to get the money. He's like, well, why? Well, we already have a house. We already have a car. We don't have money for that. Well, like, there's a treasure, and he'd be like, okay, okay, well, whatever. Let's just, just, just go to your room and do homework. You're like, please listen to me. Like, I, I, like, I found a treasure, and, and your dad's like, uh, whatever. Your mom's like, uh, oh, honey, just leave your dad alone, and he's all that kind of stuff. And, and then you're like, oh, my gosh. And so you go to someone else, and you're like, can I borrow some money? Can I sell something? Can I work more? I got to get this money together, because if I can get just $20,000 to get a down payment on this land, and I can own this land, I will find a treasure that I own that is worth millions and millions of dollars. And, and it could buy us five new houses. It could buy us tons of new cars. Like, like that stuff will be worth, like we can get a ton of it. But no one's listening to you because they haven't seen the treasure. They think you're crazy. Like, oh, sure, you found a treasure. And you would talk about it. You wouldn't just go to bed and be like, all right, I give up. No, you'd think about it. Like you would drive past that place every day and be like, is it still there? 
Have they built a house on it? Has anyone sold it yet? Has anyone bought it yet? And you would be like obsessed with it. You'd probably talk about it with people. You, we've all had the friend that like talks about something nonstop and no one cares about it. And they're like, oh my gosh, here we go again. Like you would be that person. And everybody would be like, we're tired of hearing about the stupid treasure. You're like, no, there's a treasure. I swear. I just need to, guys, pull our money together and I'll let you in on it when I sell the treasure. Like, okay, whatever, whatever. Imagine that. Imagine, first of all, the frustration of other people not listening to you because they haven't seen the treasure. But also, just imagine, like, you would be willing to sell all your stuff. You'd be willing to borrow, to take risks with your money, to work as much as you can to get that land. Because you know if you do that, it will change your entire life. Now, let's go back to this man. He's found this treasure. And he knows if I can buy this land, it will change everything. But I don't have the money to buy this land. And so he goes and sells everything. But, but have you ever seen someone like um, that, that, that is selling everything? Usually it's for a bad reason. Usually it's like they've gone bankrupt or they don't have any money left or, or, or they're getting a divorce and they're just selling everything. They're like, oh, I can't believe I have to sell my car. I can't believe I have to, to, to sell this house. I can't believe I have to sell my motorcycle. They're not happy about it. And yet we see in this story something very different. Jesus shares a different aspect of the story that most people would never share. They, this, this story, finding a treasure, was, was common. But most people would focus on after they found the treasure, what they would get, what they would buy, the glamorous lifestyle. Jesus focuses on what they gave up. He focuses on what this man is willing to give up. And it says, he went and he sold all he had. But those three words, in his joy, is so important. In his joy, is so important. It gives us this picture of this man who's going and selling like his horse and his donkey and his house and like everything he owns. He's selling like his, his mom's, uh, uh, his, his mom's like jewels from when she was alive. Like all this, he's selling everything he has. And every time he sells it, he's like laughing. He's smiling. He's like, this is amazing. I'm one step closer to the treasure. Like I'm one step closer to getting this thing that will change my life. Uh, sure, you know, it's worth 10,000. Just give me 5,000. I'm one step closer to get in the land. And if I get the land, it's going to change everything. In this situation, there was nothing that wasn't worth giving up for this man. He was willing to give up anything. He was willing to give up his time. He was willing to give up his money. He was willing to give up his house, his possessions, all of his stuff. And he would do it with a smile. He was about to have a treasure that would change everything. He knew he would get everything back and more. Everything he gave up, he would get back tenfold and twentyfold. He would get everything he could ever Imagine, here is the main point of this story. These two short examples that Jesus is telling. Here it is. When we realize, when we realize how valuable the kingdom is, there is no such thing as sacrifice. When we realize how valuable the kingdom of heaven is, how valuable Jesus is, how valuable grace is and forgiveness how valuable as rob talked about it is to be called a son or a daughter of god when we realize how valuable that is there is no such thing as sacrifice i want to look at one other verse in philippians 3 chapter or chapter 3 verse 8 and uh, and paul is paul is talking about what it means to him to follow after Jesus. And listen to what he says. He, he's basically the guy who found the treasure. Like he is the testimony of this guy who found a treasure. He says this, what is more, I consider everything, everything in my life a loss because of the surpassing worth, value. He, he's understood this worth, this value, because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I've lost all things. Listen to this. He's excited to lose everything because of what he is getting. Now look at this next verse. I consider them garbage 
I consider them garbage. The Greek word for garbage is this word called skubalon. Skubalon. And here is essentially what he's saying. Really, it's kind of like a kind of like an inappropriate word, but essentially he's saying, I consider everything in my life like animal crap. That's literally what the definition of this word is. We, we say trash and, and, and all that, but it is even more than trash. It's more than garbage. He considers it to be excrement from an animal. It's nothing. It's less than nothing. It's disgusting. Nothing else matters compared to Jesus. He says, I consider them crap that I may gain Christ. I consider everything else nothing so that I may gain Christ. See, this is what we often do as followers of Jesus. You know, we give our life to Christ and a lot of times we just look at everything to do with Jesus as an obligation. I I guess I should spend 15 minutes doing my quiet time today. Ah, God will be real proud of me. He'll be real proud. I guess I'll pray. I guess I'll give a little bit of my money. I guess I'll give a little bit of my time. You know, I really don't feel like going to United, but I, I guess I'll go. I, 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 I should. I really should, you know. I've been getting lots of texts from my friends, and they're telling me to go. I, I guess I'll go. I guess I'll go. You know, I don't really want to go on Wednesday night to life groups, but uh, you know, I'll go just once to get them off my back, to get my life group leader off my back. I'll, ju- I'll just go. I'll just go once. It's not, not that big of a deal. And we see it as an obligation. We're like, okay, okay. You know, I believe in Jesus. I believe in grace and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, I'm not sure about what he teaches about sex and what he teaches about me doing what he wants me to do. And uh, I don't really know if I want to talk like him and act like him and walk like him and serve like him. So, you know, I'll just do it here and there. It's just a little bit of an obligation. But really, we are inheriting the greatest treasure in the world. And here's something very important that you need to know. Unlike the story, the one place that it doesn't match up is this. We aren't sacrificing ourselves and our stuff in exchange for the kingdom. This is very important that we know this. We're not sacrificing ourselves in exchange for God giving us something. This isn't a trade. We are sacrificing in response to the kingdom being given to us. Because we've been given grace, because we've been given Jesus, because we have been changed, we are sacrificing in response to all of that. And so I just want you to think about a few areas. Maybe you'll write it down. Maybe you'll jot it down in your, in your phone. Just maybe think about it. You're just doing things out of obligation. But really, really, you have forgotten how valuable the kingdom is. You've forgotten how valuable grace is. You've forgotten how valuable Jesus is. You're walking around like, oh, I guess I'll give my time. Like, like, is it time? Is it where you're just like, ah, I, don't really, I don't really know about giving up my time to spend time with God or to talk to God? And we gotta change our mindset. We've gotta realize, oh my gosh, I can talk. Like, I do this all the time. I'm like, oh yeah, I still have to do my quiet time today. And it's like an obligation. And then sometimes I'll think about it. Like, I'm thinking about it right now. And I'm like, so I can talk to God, the God of the universe. He will listen to me. And I think that's an obligation. That's an opportunity. I get to talk to God. This is amazing. I don't have to. I get to. Maybe it's, maybe it's worship or life groups, and you're saying, ah, I don't know about giving up that night. I don't know about giving up my time, my weekend for God. And really what the truth is, is we have an opportunity. We have an opportunity to spend time with him. He is giving us the chance to worship him and learn about him in response to what he's done for us. Maybe it's serving Maybe you're like, oh, I don't know about serving. 
coming early on a Sunday night, having extra responsibility, giving up a Saturday for serving. Like, I, don't, I don't know about all that. I don't know about giving up a week during the summer. I don't, I, I'm not sure about all of that. And God's saying, man, do you realize how much I've given you? And do you realize that if you take this time and give it to me, that I will do more with it than you could do with your own time? Maybe it's money and stuff. And I know y'all are like, oh, why are you talking about money? I'm 16 or whatever. But listen, listen, if you don't learn it now, when you get more stuff, you are not gonna let anyone touch it. I can promise you that. The only reason that, that I have a heart towards my money the way that I do is because my parents taught me from a very, very young age that everything was God's. And that the stuff that I give back to God, he can do so much more with that than I can do with it. What am I gonna do with a hundred bucks? But what can God do with it? He can save a soul. He can change an eternity. He can send a missionary. He can have someone serve on a serve day and see the hope of Jesus. So is it your money that you need to start considering? Maybe I need to give it to God. Maybe your stuff, your possessions. Maybe it's your talents. Maybe it's your influence. Maybe it's your, um, your influence with friends or your, your, your popularity. Maybe it's your, your skills um, in, in an athletic sense or an academic sense. Maybe it's your humor. Maybe it's your kindness. Maybe, maybe it's your heart towards other people. God has given you certain gifts. And here's what we do. Well, I'm gonna figure out what I can get for me with this gift. And God's saying, I didn't give you that gift for you. I gave you that gift for others. I gave you that gift to change the world. And this is something like, you guys know how I feel about the Gators, but this is something I greatly respect Tim Tebow for. Greatly respect him for. He has decided my value is not on what I do in an athletic sense, but my value is in Christ. And I'm going to take my platform and lead people to Christ. I'm gonna take my platform and lead people to the cross. I'm gonna take my platform and give it back to God. People make fun of, I hear hear like sports talk guys on the radio all the time making fun other athletes like that, other, other, other people that, that have notoriety that use their platform for God, they found the treasure and they realize it's, it's just worthless if I don't give it up to God. Well, what's the point of being good at something for yourself? Where's it really gonna get you? Maybe get a scholarship. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe people will know you for a couple of years and they'll forget about you once you're not good anymore. They'll forget about you once you pass away. They'll forget about you once you leave the college or the high school or the team, and it won't matter anymore. And God's saying, let me take that and do something with it. So here's the question for you. What is God calling you to give in response to how great and how valuable his gift is? Maybe you just need to change your heart. Maybe you're a Christian in here and you need to change your heart towards some things. You need to change your heart from, I am obligated to do it. I guess I have to do it. You need to change it to Paul where it's like, it's trash. I don't even want it. Take it, God, take it. Take my money, take my time, take my talents, take everything. All I want to do is give it up to you. And this is hard because we got to put ourselves aside. But if we put ourselves in the situation of the parable, we have found a treasure that is infinitely valuable. We have found a pearl that is infinitely valuable. And what is some of our stuff? We're gonna get it all back in eternity. God's gonna return it all back to us and more and more and more. We don't have anything to lose. We don't have anything to lose. It's not really a sacrifice because of everything we are inheriting 
from our Heavenly Father. Here's the last thing I want to close with. We've been talking about how we don't, we don't give in order to get. We give in response to what Jesus has given. The reason that it was given to us, the reason that it is free to us, is that the kingdom is only free because Jesus already paid the price. The kingdom is only free because Jesus already paid the price. See, nothing is really free. Everything has to be paid for by someone or something. And God paid the price for our sins and took the punishment for our sins in order that we could have grace and forgiveness and a relationship with him for nothing, for free. So we could stumble upon a treasure that we could never buy on our own. And he says, I will change your life. I will change everything. And because we find that treasure, we, it, it's, we find it, it's buried, and we're like, oh my goodness, and we look around, and it's ours. We don't have to give up anything for it. But because we get it, we're like, well, God, just take everything. I don't need anything else. So if you're a Christian in this room, I just want to challenge you to change your mindset, change your heart towards your time and your talents and your stuff, and realize you can, you can give it up because of how much you've gotten from God. And if you're in this room and you don't know Jesus and you've, you haven't found this treasure yet, this is the first you've heard of a treasure that you would really actually want. Maybe it's been hidden to you for all these years until tonight. And for the first time, you're kind of discovering the treasure that Jesus has for us. If that's you, I wanna give you the opportunity to take the treasure, to take the pearl, to take this priceless gift from God. If you will, bow your heads and close your eyes. And if you've, uh, if you've never given your life over to Christ, you've never surrendered your life to him, you've heard about him, but you've never known him as your savior, you've never be, began a relationship with him, I wanna give you the opportunity to do that. If you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, that he is the son of God, and you confess with your mouth, you, you, you say it out loud, you pray it, and you surrender yourself, and I just wanna, I wanna invite you, I'm saved, the Bible says. So on the count of three, I wanna give you the opportunity to do that. And I just wanna, I wanna invite you on the count of three to raise your hand, raise your hand, to, 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 to remember the moment that you said yes to Jesus, that you surrendered to Jesus. And I want you to pray this prayer with me. And only you can pray it, only you can decide it. I can't do it for you, friend can't do it for you. This is between you and God. He has the treasure there and you have to take it. He's not gonna make you take it. So on the count of three, Raise your hand and pray this prayer after me. You can just repeat after me. One, God loves you too. You'll never be the same. Three, raise your hand if that's you. Raise your hand if that's you. Pray this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I'm yours. I know I've messed up and I know I need a savior. I believe you are the son of God that you died for me and rose again. I surrender my life to you. I want to follow after you. Be the Lord of my life. In your name I pray, amen. We're gonna spend a, a couple minutes just responding to God and um, 
As always, you can come up here and pray, and there's nothing holy about this. This is just a a chance for you to change your posture and and kneel before God. We have little boxes on the back of the the altars, and if you have a prayer card or an offering, you can just put it in there um, when you come up to pray. Uh, And and we will pray over uh, those prayer cards during the week. If you you raised your hand, um, I I just want to invite you to meet me in the back room, and we just want to follow up with you. It'll take a couple minutes. You can can wait to walk until everybody stands up, and we just want to give you a gift and help help you in this walk with Jesus. We want to help you walk with him and not just have you raise a hand and make a decision and walk out without anybody knowing and without anybody helping you out. That's why we exist, to help point you to Jesus. And so I would just ask you to meet me in the back room for a couple minutes. We'll give you a a gift to help you follow up in your relationship with Christ. and, And then you can come back out here and join everybody else. Let's stand together. Let's stand together and let's worship God.